0: Things We Do podcast, a podcast about film life, television culture, mental health, and all that fun, jazzy stuff. Today, I've got my special guest and friend, Ella Cannon. Hello.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Good. How are you?
1: <laughs> I'm great.
0: That's that's good. That's, <laughs> to be honest, in this time of year, it's, it's good to be great.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um,
0: so, Ella, I'm going to get you to tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you kind of do.
1: All right. Well, I am uh, an Australian actress. Um, I come from a, a town called Flinders, about two hours out of Melbourne. Um, I've been over in the states now for about six years, but I've been uh, back and forth from LA and Vancouver for a little while now as well. Um, and I'm just out here doing my thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that is the most chill response i love it typical aussie typical aussie it's like mate mate i haven't got much to do you know just just back and forth just busy schedule but not much it's fine Uh, um so my first kind of initial off the beat question is why the sudden move to la was it just the general was it the general like just up and go you know i'm in my 20s i'm gonna like see what opportunities you get over in LA or was it no, kind of like No, not a, really. Op- I,
1: I didn't really have um, much drive to get over to the States, to be honest. Um, I was really kind of pushing to have a career in Australia, but then uh, my managers in the US were out visiting a client in Melbourne and for some reason they found me on my agent's books and asked to have a coffee with me and from that coffee meeting uh one of them in particular decided that they really they liked me but that I wasn't quite ready yet and I was kind of like well yeah I've done a commercial and two episodes on Neighbours I'm not um and uh, (laughs) they basically hip-pocketed me for two years so they started sending me auditions to kind of monitor my progress and at a certain point they said okay it's time you're ready let's get you out here and um Just that coffee meeting kind of changed the whole course of my life.
0: Wow. Okay. So, like, because, you know, normally it's the go-to to to go to the States, not... To make your own career in Australia. It's very much the opposite.
1: Yeah. And I think I was coming from a little bit of a naive perspective because I was still very young. I was only like nineteen when this happened. And so to me, the world was my oyster in Australia. I hadn't yet faced that that consistent, you know, rejection or the struggle there. So yeah. I, I thought that I had a real a real shot there. But then they were kind of like, Oh, LA's an option. And I went, Oh, okay, then let's do that. <laughs>
0: Let, let me get on a plane and fly over yeah. there. See what opportunities. <laughs> easy,
1: <got>. no worries.
0: <laughs> what was what was kind of like the biggest hurdle when you arrived? What was kind of like things that made you? Did you have like imposter syndrome kind of for a while?
1: Oh, I mean, just the move over here was enlightening because we don't realize how how easy everything is in Australia. We're so lucky in that sense. There's kind of support everywhere if you need it, and when I came over here. I moved over with a girlfriend and um we you know did a road trip to start off the move and we ended it in Vegas and while we were in Vegas we had all our belongings and our car stolen so we moved to the states with you know nothing and it was so hard to find a place to live everything was difficult because we didn't have credit history we didn't have anyone to call um and then all of a sudden i'm i'm doing you know a huge amount of auditions going into warner brothers studios and sony studios and these big glamorous places meeting these incredible people and breaking my back to learn all of these lines mm. and then going home to sleep on a futon in a dirty little apartment and you know away from everyone i care about so it was it, it's it's brutal it's really not for the faint of heart
0: you make it sound like a not look <laughs> like a not glamorous <laughs>
1: It, well, it's not, it's not. And that's, that's part of the beauty of it too, because you then you find you really um, bond with the people in your community yeah. over that struggle, you know?
0: When did you realize though that this, did you, you must've gone through that period of like, oh God, is this really for me?
1: Oh, I go through it all the time. I probably once every two weeks. <laughs> it's it's look it's a constant battle because it's so up and down and when you have those wins you're like yes everything that i fought for was worth it and it's all happening and this is great and then you don't work for six months and you start to Mm. wonder like you know how am i going to pay rent this month what am i going to do next month how do i continue to convince my family that i'm doing the right thing it's you know, it's all its all very up and down and stability is not something that is attached to the idea of being an actor at all.
0: Yeah, well, it's what I say to all my friends who go, I want to be an actor. I'm like be prepared for not stable work. Oh, well, it's, like that. it's
1: like that. There's this great um, letter by Hunter S. Thompson where he goes into the the meaning of life because his friend asks him and he responds with this brilliant letter. And the, the, the nut of it is really just, you know, you can pick the destination, but what you're really picking is the journey, you know. So if you mm. can't be satisfied living the life of a struggling actor, then, you know, what are you doing?
0: Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, I think the difference is, like seeing, you know, this is what social media represents. When you go to red carpets, and that's kind of what everyone assumes acting is—like getting onto these big things. Yeah. But realistically, it's also like learning lines. It's you know, working up, progressing, doing all these important, hard work stuff. Things. And look,
1: you know, to be totally like vulnerable and transparent. You know, we just—I just had a film um win the Santa Barbara Film Festival, which is really exciting, mm. but. I was thinking, you know, the whole time, like, I'm shopping around for my own dress. I'm running around town. I'm going to, like, prom dress shops and trying to find something that will work. And I'm going to buy, like, all of this stuff to, like, wax my face and, like, shave my legs and do all of this stuff. And I was just laughing because everyone's going to see my Instagram photos and be like, oh, wow, you know, glamorous. She's she's doing it. And I'm just sitting in my bathroom trying to, you know. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) will like shave my legs and fit into a dress all by myself, and it's just not glamorous at
0: all. It it really takes the magic out of the situation. We just go, oh lord. Um, Exactly. But I think that's also part of the charm of it. Like it's sort of when we, you know, it's like one of um. All my friends say acting is such a bizarre thing we do, Mm -hmm. and it's such a bizarre craft because realistically you're paid or you're not paid sometimes depending on the situation if you do community theatre um but like you are essentially just having fun in a sandpit like essentially bouncing off other people pre- making pre- make pretend and it's a very surreal kind of way if you break it down to that fundamental level that you are just being someone else for a few hours yeah, like, it
1: definitely is. And I think, too, there's so much work that goes into acting as well that people are just never going to see, you know. So yeah. all, all the knowledge of all the stuff that I had to go through to get to the point where you're watching me on screen is stuff that you'll never know, you know. But it was mm. it, it's massive. And that's why, like, the the playing part is the reward, but everything prior to that is the business, is the fighting, is the work, and it's... um. It's, it, it is, it's 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 a super weird career and it's so fickle and it's so based on the right time and the right moment and just, mm. ugh, yeah, it's strange for sure.
0: <laughs> I mean, was it always something you wanted to do ever since you were young or was it kind of came out of your teenage years of doing drama class?
1: No, even as a kid, I would like, I I remember always taking my parents' video camera and filming myself reading books and bossing my sister around and making her act with me and so I think it's it's always been there um, and it was never a question in my mind. And I, I even remember going through high school and I was like, I already know what I want to do, so I don't need to do this kind of thing. <laughs> and mm. um, it's both a blessing and a curse, you know, because I, I'm i so happy that I know what I want to do and that so many people don't get that feeling. But on the other hand, it's something that is going to keep me consistently uprooted for most of my life.
0: Yeah. I, that, I mean, I love the idea of you bossing around, siblings just to make <laughs> make films um that sounds like something i did to my brother and sorry to my brother <laughs> who had to deal with that yeah. um so you moved you moved then to um like you did neighbors which is like the kind of did that feel like the be all or end all or was that just felt like a paycheck to you when you did it <laughs>
1: Well, no like at the at the time it was my first kind of you know speaking recurring role so at the time mm. it was it was massive for me it was such a big deal i was so excited and um, I was excited about the possibilities and that, that's something that you learn as an actor too, because when you're, you know, you're starting out, you get really ahead of yourself with every opportunity. You're like, oh, well, mm. these two episodes are going to lead to this and this, and it's all going to start to fall into place and happen now. And it's like this stop and start. And that's the reality of the industry. You, you have this win. And most of the time, ninety percent of the time, it doesn't lead to a domino falling straight afterwards. It means you've got to get back to the fight and you've got a little more ammo now, yeah, but it's um it's it's truly back into battle, so you know it was it was great, but it was also a learning experience of oh, because I booked one thing doesn't mean I'm gonna continue booking things straight away you know
0: yeah it's it's a realistic like checklist rather than a dear god i might I might never work again or I might you know. You've just got to have a realistic approach to totally. it, which I do agree as well. I think a lot of young actors do think that they are suddenly getting one role, and then they're going to be offered
1: mm-hmm. yeah. hundreds
0: of others roles.
1: Yeah, and it's a protective mechanism, you know, that you you learn and you adapt to, and um, you you learn to just kind of go with the flow and let things go. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, that's okay, because I've accepted that this is my life, and you know, it's um. Yeah.
0: So what what was it like when you went sort of to the giant, you know, to more, you know, because you were in uh, the CW show iZombie, Mm -hmm. which, how was that? Was that your big first LA thing or was there something prior to that?
1: Yeah, no, I'd only, I'd been in LA kind of struggling away and auditioning and um, I had done a few indie films in LA, but this was the first network TV thing that came through. And I remember I was going through one of those, you know. Um, what am I doing with my life kind of moments when it all happened and you know most people Mm. say that's when the jobs come through Um, so I got the call saying you know you got to go up to Vancouver and do this show and it was so exciting because you know I was going from struggle town to all of a sudden I'm living in this beautiful hotel in downtown Vancouver and I'm being so well looked after and I'm on this big set meeting these incredible people my co-stars were just they're just amazing they're such wonderful humans Um, but Mm. I learned really quickly that the skills, not the acting skills, but the on set skills that I'd learned from doing short films and indies, et cetera, did not apply here. So, and there was no one to hold my hand. So I had to learn on the fly. You know, it's TV. They got a schedule to meet. They got to get stuff done and quick. So no one was there to kind of walk me through it. And, um, I was nervous and, you know, I learned a lot and I'm really, really grateful to them because they, you know, they took a chance on someone that didn't really have much behind them at that point. And um, yeah. because of them, they've you know they've pushed me forward and I'm very grateful.
0: But, I mean, I, it, that's kind of one of the things as well when you talk about like TV schedules and stuff. I think one of the things that people don't realise about TV schedules is oh. there's not a lot of rehearsal time. Mm-mm. There's barely any sometimes and you've just kind of got a scene and to go do alone Learn Your Lines basically for that day. And then do it real quick, and then the next day you got to learn another bunch of lines. So it's sort of constantly you're on the move.
1: Yeah, totally. And like also, you learn. Um, you know, if you're not one of the series regulars or the leads, and it's the current storyline, although you're supporting it, is not about you, then you very quickly learn that you can't be there to shine yourself. You are there to support everyone in the scene with you. Yeah. Um, and that's a really valuable lesson too. And, you know, just the the really long days and the acting warm when it's freezing cold. Yeah, and, you know, All of those little things that were, it was my first experience with a lot of them.
0: What was probably you found the most nerve wracking and difficult challenge with doing, uh, jumping straight from indie to kind of like full on TV?
1: Um, I Well, I remember making a mistake that kind of in my very first scene, which actually ended up being a deleted scene. I hope that's not my fault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember um kind of going to do the same thing over and over again because I, I had learned through doing my short films, like, oh, continuity is something that's on my shoulders and is really important yeah. for me to be aware of. So I'll keep doing that. And the director came up and he was like mix it up don't you don't have to reach for the book with that same hand if you don't want to like we're going to use one of these takes it it, it it like stop stressing so that was a really valuable lesson for me that i i actually have freedom to explore my character and i have someone else looking out for me in that department it it was you know very freeing in a sense but it was really scary at the time and of course when in your first scene you learn that you're doing something wrong, then you start to get in your head and you start to get nervous. And I don't know all these people, or like I'm around 40 people that are just in my face while I'm acting this scene. And um, mm. it's, it's scary, you know, you've, you've really got to be your own cheerleader in that moment because no one else is standing up going, Yeah, you got this. Like you've just got to tell yourself that.
0: I 100% agree that. And I think that's, that's something that I take very much to heart as well because I love that ability. For actors, um, especially, there's no there's something that is there's no right or wrong way to do a scene, um, which I think was uh, I can't remember who said that. It was like either my drama teacher or someone said that to me ages ago, and I think that's very true if you think about it. Because to experiment is also what actors do, and to find you know you're just experimenting with that scene because the story does all the work. You've just got to like deliver the emotions through that scene depending on how you think or interpret they feel.
1: Mm, and there's a lot of trust you got to place too in the director mm. and the writer because how they're telling you to do the scene might not be how you rehearsed it or how you envisioned it. And so you just mm. have to trust them even if you don't feel like it's right. And oftentimes they're right, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, especially with indie films, you know, like I've worked um, a lot on indie films and I've worked – also on, uh, you know, I, they're both professional environments, but, you know, like major TV shows as well. And I think one of the difference I noticed from a technical standpoint is also that when everyone isn't doing multiple roles, you know, as well. Like indie films, you have a lot of people juggling roles. Mm-hmm. And when you're on a big TV production, there tends to be like everyone having a single particular role they're doing. So they're oh, yeah. related And that must have also been like You know When you're being on an actual TV set You're not You know with continuity and everything That you were saying You're also Now must be thinking Oh what else Who else am I missing And What are the other people on set doing mm-hmm. Did did that go through your head as well Like you were just second guessing everyone on set I
1: feel- you know I was just really trying to approach the thing with confidence and like I I knew what I was doing while also being open to you know kind of observing and so it wasn't so much that in my mind I was just really conscious of not getting in anyone's way and Mm. um you know just trying to be as easy as possible you know um it's yeah (laughs)
0: yeah <laughs> so like think back on it, think back on it, like back in the day yeah i
1: know i'm I'm back there in my mind right now. It's been so long,
0: <laughs> but I mean, you've also just had a feature, which is trees of peace how was that how did that even come about
1: yeah i look, I got so lucky with that project it's so it's so rare that a script comes across um you know your path that is just that quality and that good and is about something that's so important. Um, so I mean, the second I got it, I, I I was sent it by my managers to audition for it, and um, went through the proper mm. channels of callbacks and all of that, and eventually booked it. Um, but I, I I honestly have no words for how grateful I feel to have been able to be a part of that project.
0: Because mm. because that's just going through the film festivals.
1: Yeah, that w- we finished filming it in November 2019, and then um, we COVID hit, um, so that delayed a lot of things, obviously. And then mm. um, it only got finished kind of uh, end of last year, so now it's um, starting to do the rounds. And Santa Barbara was our first film festival, and we took away two of the major awards, two out of three, which is um, really exciting. That's and I think really it's, impressive. Yeah, yeah, I think it's got a really bright future, and it's um, it's so exciting to see people championing. A film that is just—it's important. It's really important.
0: Mm. And and yeah, when the audience in Australia can finally check it out. I know <laughs> I can't will.
1: wait to share it back <laughs> home. I'm so excited. Hopefully, hopefully mid year.
0: Oh really? Oh awesome. Okay, I'm I'm excited because I'm really looking forward to watching it. Yay. After all the promotional stuff that I've seen, it looks it looks astonishingly amazing. Yeah, um, that was
1: an unreal shoot that one.
0: Mm. And it just looks really like looks a bit. Upsetting, yes. Like, how would you just, de- how would you describe it? In if you could tease it,
1: yeah. Well, you know, I can give you a little backdrop on it. So it's, it's basically, um, it's about four women that are trapped uh, under the floor in a small, uh, like a crawl space, um, for mm. three months during the the genocide against the Tutsis, better known as the Rwandan genocide. Um, and it's, it's just about their struggle for survival. And what's, what's amazing about it is that you know we see so many movies and stories about. The soldiers and the fighters in the wars you know but we see so little from the women's perspective or the people that are hiding and, and the challenges that they go through mm. and um you know these women that would never really cross each other's paths in any average situation have found themselves locked in this space and they find themselves you know finding strength in each other's pain and it's a really beautiful story of unification and um it's it's really special. One of the lead actresses, um, there's four of us, and one of them, Ilian, is actually from Rwanda and is a survivor of the genocide herself. So watching her tell the story is something that is really just, um, it's, it's hard to bring into words. And um, Wow. Yeah, I play an American volunteer that got caught up in the whole thing, so I feel very lucky that there was even a place for me. I'm with three incredible strong black women that are just, um, that are, I just learned so much from doing this film with them, and we have an amazing... Amazing female black first time director who um oh awesome yeah our producer found on instagram and you know he he used his his money for his directorial at debut once he read her script he was like i'm using that money to make your film because he just knew it was important and um mm. so i've been surrounded by just phenomenal people we had to we shot sequentially we had to lose weight during the shoot so we were on starvation diets throughout the whole thing. It was wow. brutal, man.
0: Oh, wow. That must have been insane. Yeah.
1: But, you know, for an actor, it's like gold. It's like, what? You want me to lose weight and cry? Like, this is what I was born for. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Everything else? Yeah. Nothing compares to just being suffering for art. Um, But, I mean, like, also, you know, that's just... That's amazing. That that that's like the films I love as yeah. well. I'm you know watching growing up, um, because there's a sense of um realism. Yeah,
1: well, it leaves you with something that film. It really does, I think.
0: Mm. Um, I I compare these films to not like indie films. I can I compare them to this in between point where they're not quite feeling like big blockbusters. They just feel like really personal um heartfelt stories and they go in a really interesting category in my head and I don't know why mm, yeah. but I've just got a list of them that I instantly will cry <laughs> if I watch them <laughs> yeah which is just I think the most like you know just the most exciting thing cuz I'll go through the film festival list and always pick those films and then just sit in the cinema crying to myself and be like, it's beautiful. I know I've had to uh-huh.
1: apologize to so many friends because I've gotten so many messages two days later being like, I'm still crying. <laughs> I'm so sorry.
0: But as an actor, that must make you feel amazing. That it, it, yeah, look, I,
1: I always said that I'm ju- I'm setting out to tell stories that, that make people feel something because that's why I started loving the movies, you know, and mm. so early in my career, really, I got to do that. I got my dream role. I got my dream project. Um, so so what I'm saying is it's all downhill from here. No, (laughs) um, It, it was an absolute dream and it also just a dream to have something that you're really proud of because, as you know, you don't get to choose the jobs that you do. You know, they choose yeah. you. And while I'm so grateful for every job I've had, you know, I've done three films since Trees of Peace and I'm I'm so grateful for all of them, but, like, Trees of Peace is one that came along and went made me go, this is why I have suffered all these years. This is why I'm trying to do this. You know, it matters yeah. to me.
0: And I, I think also that I, I like already hearing um but also you know the audience like hearing is just how much of that is you know opp- you know opportunities just kind of happening it's not always glamorous it's not always you know it's just working hard it's hard work because i think people are you know as we were saying before assume that acting is Glamorous 24-7.
1: Yeah, and it's not to say that there isn't, you know, nepotism and there isn't, you know, the the whole it's who you know kind of stuff. That stuff exists and I'd be lying mm. if I said it didn't. I see it all the time. But, you know, there is also a space for just the hard worker and the right place at the right time and it is a numbers game and, you know, what's what's supposed to be yours can't be anyone else's is, is the way I choose to look at it.
0: I think that's the best way to, like, I mean, if you had an idea like ideal role though this is like uh, you know from when you were a kid what would it have been like what would have been the ultimate role for you to ever play a pirate (laughs) a pirate really (laughs) i'm not even kidding
1: i want to be a pirate so bad if any producers are listening please let me read for your pirate role
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right done you heard it right here people
1: i love it english period i would love to but honestly a pirate's where it's at for me
0: like Bridgerton or like um. Well, I actually, I have read for
1: Bridgerton. I, like, uh, yeah, exactly. I would love to do something, you know what, Outlander. Oh,
0: <gasps> yes. Yeah, mm, that's mm, where it's yeah. at. It, it really is. <laughs> that it, whole time travel element, Yeah. marvellous. Yeah, just um, some
1: Scotsman, you know, all of that the be lovely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, like, when, when it comes to your own, like, mental health and dealing with all of that. Yeah. Like, how would you describe your mental health? Are you someone who like is quite public about your own, you know, like, or are you someone who grew up and sort of like didn't struggle with mental health as much of an issue? Because you talk about having like, you know, stresses and you know, self doubt.
1: Mm, yeah, absolutely. I look. I I'm I'm very open and transparent with everyone in my life. I'm not as transparent on social media, but it's it's not because I I wouldn't be willing to talk about it. It's really um. I think it's just something that if we let it, can bring us all together. Because I don't know anyone who doesn't battle with these kinds of things, you know. And if they think they don't, then then that's an issue in them in itself. Um, but I, of course, I doubt myself all the time. I deal with rejection almost every single day. I'm I'm told why I'm not good enough for something, you know. So um, figuring out how to be your own champion, letting the circle of people around you that love you be your champions. Mm. Um, it's just that that's the only way I've found to to draw strength, you know, in those moments. But I'm also a real advocate for just letting yourself feel them when they happen. And, you know, it's it's often that I feel those those moments and I recognize them. I, I go, OK, hi, you're back again. And, you know, tomorrow I'll feel better. yeah. Um, I think, you know, like looking after yourself in terms of, I, I really try to get out and exercise when I'm going through those moments. I try to eat food. I try to, especially as an actor, because you're so, you lack control, right? Like I have, I can't just sit at home and act. Yeah. So I find other ways, like if I, if I do some music or if I write, I'm, I write, I write scripts, you know, I find my way to feel like I have some control back when I'm feeling out of control.
0: Yeah. Which I I think a lot of people don't do, um, like, yeah. in a healthy, compassionate way to treat, treat themselves. Because I feel like, uh, you know, when I have self-doubt and everything like that, I've sort of worked on, you know, like, you know, encouraging anyone to go and see a therapist mm. if they need a therapist. Oh, my God. Like, well, Therapy is the
1: best thing in the world.
0: Isn't it just? But I mean, like. It's it's kind of interesting because we, you know, our industry in particular used to have this very bad side where it's like, if you didn't work, you know, you weren't, you know, we talk about, you know, as you mentioned, the suffering artist, if you didn't work, you were, or, or you didn't suffer, you weren't really a true artist, kind of like, and so some people just don't know how to comprehend mental health at all or their own, like, I can't can't
1: tell you how many people have said to me, you know, that like, they feel like they can never, yeah, they can't be an artist because they haven't had enough bad things happen to them. And I really, I really don't think it takes that. I think it just takes that, that skill of empathy. Mm. If you have empathy, if you have those, those feelings, then it's, it's there. It's just about how you express them. And I think too, like even when you're having success, like I did three films during the pandemic in 2020 and they just happened to fall back to back. So I was only home for a week in between them and I was off in Georgia and North Carolina and then back to Georgia and I'd be back in LA for two days or a week in between. And I was... I was going through this thing where everyone's messaging me being like, oh, you're so lucky. Oh, my God, it's all happening. And, of course, like, yes, I'm grateful. But I'm also completely alone. Mm. You know, I'm not getting to be home. I'm I'm struggling with the workload and I have no one there to lean on. You know, even in the moments where things are, are visually, uh, you know, accelerating, it it in a way gets harder.
0: Do you think that's like also just in particular hard for like just a young woman in general as an artist as well? Or do you think, you know, would it be easier if, you know, like this is the kind of the phrase of like if you were a man, would you think this journey would have been easier? <sighs> it's
1: it's a really tough one. I really did notice, Um, I know, and I, I won't mention, you know, what sets if they were recent or whatever, but I, I have certainly noticed um sometimes preferential treatment towards my male co-stars. Um, it was a real lesson for me recently to learn how to speak up to my producers and ask for what I want because I have this kind of inbuilt, you know, female guilt syndrome mm. where I go, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I'm just lucky to be here kind of thing. And I'm really learning how to stand up and, and take care of myself because I can't rely on other people to do that, you know? So while like the the discomfort I think is a good thing for me because it's pushing me to learn, it's also a bit it's a it's a hard space to be in you know
0: yeah i mean i I think that's always kind of like the thing that I try to promote on sets that I've either been in charge of of and stuff is to kind of get everyone to speak up mm-hmm. because I notice that equal treatment on some sets isn't just there, yeah it's a very um it's it's very appearance based it's very much like um you know, and, and I feel like the downside is, you know, with the way social media does it um, is, you know, the fact that, you know, as we were talking about, you know, when we don't promote ourselves looking like, you know, death or, you know, like not our best day on social media, people just assume we always look great. So, therefore, you can't ever have a, have a bad day, which you know in a way has a negative effect on a lot of people growing up like did you feel like that was the case when you were growing up because you grew up in the 90s and you know 2000 so social media was kind of like less prevalent
1: yeah it was a little bit less and I think too because I, I was so lucky like I grew up on a farm in the country so I missed out on a lot of those pressures growing up um, but you know getting out here in the industry I certainly noticed a lot more of it but what what bothered me more than anything, because I guess of just the way that I'm a certain build and, and a certain appearance and all of this, I found myself consistently getting kind of put in a box. Mm. Like I would have people introduce me as, oh, this is Ella. She's a model that acts sometimes. And it's like, it's like, no, I'm I'm actually a lot more than that. I'm here as an actor. I've only ever done modeling to help me pay the bills because, you know, I'm a struggling actor. And um, I, I really, really disliked the the fact that I, I was just kind of boiled down to what I looked like as opposed to anything else I had to offer. And that's why, you know, when I got a role like Trees of Peace where they're like, you know, we want you to go, your hair to go dark, we want you to lose weight, we want you to be dirty, all of this. I was just like, yes, finally, someone wants me to be human, mm. you know. Um, so that was a real escapism for me because I just didn't identify with this idea of constantly getting dressed up and and sexualizing myself and I I if anything it, it makes me a bit uncomfortable because I feel like you're seeing something that isn't who I am
0: yeah I think I think that's kind of what bothers me about social media and and the real side of people because when we over glamorize or like over sexualize especially people you know like actors um and you know it just it baffles me because I'm like if you're not here to act then you know like and we've employed you as an actor then you know you were clearly here to do an acting job yeah exactly and and also got the skills
1: yeah and out here in LA too uh, you know the, in the industry in general there's a lot of people that, that come to the industry with this sense of just you know kind of I want to be famous or uh, I want to feel like I want that kind of you know that that mm. applause and that validation and all of that kind of stuff and and I felt like people would look at me and put me in that category straight away. And I felt like I really had to prove myself. In that, no, like I'm, I'm working hard. I'm, I'm smart. I love to read. I'm, you know, I'm really trying to do this properly because I care about stories and yeah, and you know, humanity. And it's just, uh, it's you really have to prove yourself. You have got to find your place in this world. It's tough.
0: I think it's also like um, you know, what I like especially about your Instagram. Um, which is possibly the reason where I'm like, no, I vibe with you, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) was also just like, you know, it's the subtle things that I often say where you kind of like read between the lines and go, these, you know, these are my peeps, these are my, um. these are my strange peeps, and I love them. Yes, but the one of the one of the weirdos of the world. But it's like you know, everyone goes, "Oh, Ella's glamorous, Ella's this and that, and the other." Thing. Um, but I've just like read between all the weird like stories you'd post, and be like, "Oh, I'm I'm pregnant for a shoot, and look at my stomach," and other ones of just being like, "I'm a weird Australian alien out in the middle of L.A.," and I'm just like, "Oh yeah, she's such a weirdo, and I love it, like yeah. just, just yeah. because, you know." The, that's the thing, you know. When you're this is an, and also another stereotype which baffles me is when you appear to be this glamorous woman, people think you can't be anything quirky else. And weird. Yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: exactly. And you know, so, you know, someone I love. I was watching him on an interview the other day was Louis Capaldi, and he he's just so funny to watch. I don't know if you've ever heard him in an interview, but. I love that, you know, the, the interviewer kind of asked him, you know, like, you're just such a normal guy. You're so weird and funny and it's all great. And he was like, look, this isn't going to last forever. I just want to have fun, <laughs> you know? Mm. And like, if I'm not having fun doing this, what am I doing? If I have to pretend that I'm this this person because I get more likes on Instagram or because someone might want to cast me as the love interest a bit more quickly than they would now, then I, I, I don't want to live like that. Acting's my job. I don't want it to be my life, you know?
0: Oh hundred um, percent and I think it just it just makes me love you know when you find your peeps or when you find yeah, the people that so you go yeah it's it's and it's also just like the fact is this is always something I say to everyone and and you know most people are terrible at networking um, because you know they find the idea of networking so horrifying and terrifying. but it's like just be yourself, yeah be who you are and whether or not that person likes you is up to them because you can only present the best version of you in front of these people. And, you know, I get that question all the time. How are you finding, like, I think it's always the time when I ever have done any of these episodes of the podcast, everyone's like, how did you meet so many talented people? I'm like, I just asked the question, would you like to have a chat?
1: Yeah, and I've got to say, like, one thing I've learned too is that, like, people in this industry, particularly out in LA, they are so well-trained in sniffing out bullshit. So if you're not being yourself, you'll come across as someone who's being inauthentic and it's only going to hurt you. So th- there, there's only one you, you know, like just mm. just be it. And that 100% that is going to work. And if it doesn't, then you're just weeding out the people that were never meant to be in your life.
0: 100%. And I think that's also just like something that, you know, if I ever have kids is something I'm going to train them to have that mentality. Yes. Um, I always, I, like, I just think it's so important because, as the industry is, and it's not perfect, and no, you know, this is down to my hatred of towards capitalism, <laughs> and um, co- conformity, and yeah. everything is just, you know, almost fuck it. Like just be who you want to be because the frustration comes from this small you know, everyone having to fit, as you say, these boxes when we're so much more than that Yeah, and not sticking up for rights and, you know, our beliefs and everything. Mm. And it just, it always comes back down to that fundamental thing of being like, you know, just be who you want to be and, and be who you, you know, sometimes need to be to make yourself because it's not a selfish thing to be yourself. It's, it's not Um, and people always say, oh, you're being really selfish if you do this for yourself. And it's like, no, I'm actually looking after myself. (laughs) So there's a difference. hundred percent. Um, I mean, I also think like, how would, if you had, if you had like, you know, you know, those Facebook questions, like if you had five uh, words to describe yourself, how would you describe yourself as an individual?
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I would say, uh. I'd say I'm warm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I would say I am quirky, mm-hmm. I would say I am thoughtful,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I would say I'm spontaneous, and I, you know what, I'm gonna say I'm funny because I think I am. You are funny. <laughs> but see that's an example of like again straight away my brain went like oh if you say that people are going to think you're you know facetious or whatever like you think you're funny and it's just it's just that little voice right I and know that's right. why you got to get better at being like no you know what this is this is I am
0: you're you know I think also the the thing that I I know in particular and um also with your new single that you released um we will talk a bit about that and I think what I really noticed about that was just how amazing like the lyric writing was as oh, well as just cuz i really lo- i you know i really loved that but i also don't what really you know made me love it even more was the the photo that came with it and <laughs> oh my god. as a photographer i was just like this feels so um like real oh my god so, so can like- i
1: tell you like i i was i was back home, i was back home in australia um in march covid had just hit and i just got out gotten out of hotel quarantine and I just helped my mom move into a new house. So our garage was like full of boxes and everything. And I would just gotten out of the shower and I kind of liked how my hair had dried curly and I was like, you know what, like I want to put this song out there so I'm just going to take a picture. So I got my camera and put it on a tripod and used the self-timer and just grabbed a bottle of whiskey that I was absolutely taking swigs out of <laughs> and just stood in front of the garage full of boxes and just did a self-timer and was like, oh, that'll do. <laughs> and I, I ended up loving it. I like it oh, too. Oh, can I
0: just say that <laughs> makes that picture even better, the whole, you know, DIY it. Um oh. That's, yeah, dude, that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> you got to um, do what you
1: can in COVID times,
0: you know. I know, right? But also, can I can I just say, I love that it's it, it does feel like you. It does feel yep. like very much like a hundred percent um country girl kind of like you know scuffed look look about yourself just no you know no care in the world just
1: rolled out of bed
0: (laughs) yeah just literally rolled out of bed um and also that that single is great it's really well written like where did that even come out Like how long ago was that written? That
1: was written, um, it'd be a couple of years ago now. Um, And it was, you know, it was drawn from a couple of experiences, like myself and a close friend of mine were kind of going through one of those times where we were getting out of something that was one of those painful things. It was never a real relationship, but Mm. um, they almost hurt more when they end, you know, because they don't work out and you never got that satisfaction of, of spending real, you know. I guess, building a relationship with them. So it was that idea of like, even though you know someone is bad for you, you're finding yourself continuously drawn back into their their web every time they call or they text because, you know, you don't want to really lose them even though you already have.
0: Yeah, which, you know, love a relationship like that.
1: Yeah, and um, I think it's something like, I th- honestly, like that's why I wanted to write it too because I just feel like it's something that we – we can all relate to a little bit there's there's we've all had that elusive person that's really awakened something in us and that that was it and and honestly i'm grateful for all of them because i think i've learned the most lessons from those you know about myself mm. um so yeah they they're definitely good and we're definitely lucky to be able to take those things and, and turn them into something it's so cathartic you know that i i just finished writing a feature script that was about i lost my father about 8 years ago now and and it was Oh, God, just finishing it was like this just weight of just oh, grief just lifted off me. And it was the same with the song. We're so lucky to have that outlet.
0: Mm, yeah. And can I also say I'm really excited uh, to see that script come <gasps> to life. Yes, me too. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but I just I remember your Instagram post about it and I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. Like, <laughs> just, oh, man. you know, it's it's the idea of writing something and sitting on it, you know, sitting on this idea for years. Because people don't realize, and this is the, the funny thing when you write an idea down and you develop a script, it takes forever to write that idea onto paper well you know like
1: yeah for me it does I I just read a brilliant script that a lit agent sent me through just for my thoughts and I was like I was floored by how brilliant it was and he wrote me back being like yeah he just wrote it in 11 days pretty cool right and I'm like what (laughs) because I spent a year and a half on mine yeah
0: so don't worry I spent about (laughs) 18 months and
1: Man. So I look, I guess we're all different. And I think too what I've noticed is that when something's particularly personal, it takes a lot longer because you really don't like you don't want to rush through that. You want to make sure you're doing it the service it deserves. And so it's it's more of a time consuming mm. thing. And it's also emotionally harder that you got to push through walls to get those words down. Whereas it's, if it's like a fictional, yeah. you know, it's just something off the cuff, then perhaps it's easier. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, was that quite, you know, because obviously that's a very hard thing mm-hmm. to lose your father as well And, um, like, you know, and you talk about him passing eight years ago How is that now, comparatively? Are you still kind of feel like once this, once it's made, it'll kind of help, you know, release that off And then you can kind of move on, or is it kind of still a yeah, little bit of a, I,
1: I mean, not. A- I think I feel like, you know, with loss like that, it, it it just becomes a part of you forever. You know, it's 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 just a scar that you bear for the rest of your life. And, and it's, I don't think it's it's ever a case of letting go or moving on. You just kind of, you, you get better at carrying it for sure. But for me, because, you know, um, my father passed very suddenly, so I didn't get a chance to kind of, you know, uh, have those goodbyes and things like that. So this is kind of my love letter to him, if that makes sense, That that idea of like, here are all these feelings that I wish I could have shared with you and now I get to release them out into the world in a different way. And it's it's been very cathartic for sure.
0: Mm, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's always kind of like the same with breakups and yeah, you know, totally. relationships and stuff. It's very, um, it's sort of very cathartic. Um, I, I remember I've still got an idea. I've got like two ideas from different periods of my life where I'm like, I need to fully make these kind of like absurdist pieces to kind of process these emotions. Because I'm always like, my interpretation of art is always to be like the inner clogs, like clockwork ideas of your mind. So nothing is like linear. Mm. It's all about the emotions and the weird kind of like, you know, how people kind of go into this little um, mental stress capacity, which I think one of my friends described was, when I go into stress mode, I try and do everything to try and show everyone that I'm 100% in control of a situation, yeah. what I might not be. So, I'm one of those, like, those people. So, I feel like those are the interesting stories that I also relate to, like, you know, um, easier when someone passes away, but definitely if something bad happens, you know, that isn't, like, someone passing, and I know there's an end point, if there doesn't feel like an end point straight away, I generally, like, you know, damage control yeah, kicks in.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: I mean, do you see that film being made anytime soon or is it kind of like on the backlog?
1: I do. Look, I'm, I've been very, very lucky on that note of, you know, networking That with the contacts that I have worked with um, over the recent couple of years. I've, I've been able to, you know, form some great relationships and they're people that are really um, helping me champion this at the moment. So we're about to start uh, shooting a concept trailer now um, very shortly.
0: Ooh.
1: And, um, yeah, no, we're, I'm, I'm full same ahead for sure, and it's something I'd really love to film in Australia. <gasps> oh. So, um, yeah, that's my plan and intention. I feel like, and I know a lot of kind of Australian actors, I think, share in this. In that, we'd really love to see Australia championing championing some some really great, you know, um, projects that are really inclusive and and all of that so uh, instead of waiting for it waiting for that chance to to work back at home because you know it's it's it, you do have that feeling like i have to go and work overseas for australia to want to give me you know that chance and so i want to kind of try and just bring it there myself if i can
0: mm yeah and i think is that something you also that must feel very much like close to home mm-hmm. as well. Would you like to film it in the town you grew up?
1: No, I actually I really want to find um so it's a it's a story that's based in a drought ridden town. So I, I was looking at places like Silverton or Broken Hill and mm. um I really want that kind of like dusty visual with the story.
0: Oh, that just reminds me um of the dressmaker.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of that kind of um location for sure.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean like I'd love to see that. Um, especially because that's kind of like rural towns. It, well,
1: exactly. And it also brings jobs out there as well. And so, you know, like that, that's kind of my, my push behind it. I want to make something that can, you know, benefit a lot of people if I can.
0: I mean, at the moment, everyone's kind of getting work at the moment. Work is so scarce here. Because everyone's moved to their production studios to Australia. Oh, I know, which is Um, just
1: bloody great. It's so good. I I am noticing a lot of the casting still happening out of the US, but, um, you know, look, it's a a great step in the right direction for sure.
0: I mean, crew-wise, it's, you know, they'll use local crew. Cast-wise, it's always a little bit hit and miss. Exactly, Um, yeah. That must be the big thing as well next for you is to like, do you still like, you know, what's your opinion now of doing like indie productions versus like big productions? Do you still love both worlds differently?
1: Oh, absolutely. I I love indie film with a passion because there's, you have to like think about what it's taking for them to get that film made and it is taking serious, you know, heart and, support and a lot of blood sweat and tears because there are so many odds stacked against indie films Mm. so oftentimes indie films are the ones telling the stories that are are really human and you know are important and the network stuff don't get me wrong i'm so so grateful i love it and i know a lot of actors that's their jam and and i'm all for it too it's just um for me I, i truly love the freedom of film that's that's definitely where my heart's always for sure.
0: Because we talk about indie films and stuff, like there there is an element of them like being really super low budget. Sometimes even like to the point where they can't pay everyone. Um, you know, like what's your thoughts on like th- like th- That's always the big- biggest thing is like unionization and and stuff because sometimes just productions can't pay people. Like they're like all our funding goes into making the product rather than paying the, you know, the cast or the crew or whatever. And there's a very huge divide.
1: Yeah. And that's that's okay. You know, if you're telling a story that you really care about and um, you're not paying anyone involved... Then um and it's it's up to them to make that decision if this is something they want to be a part of, right? And I think there's nothing wrong with that. You know, the only thing that oftentimes I notice and feel like is a bit wrong is if certain people are getting paid and others aren't, and most often it's the cast, right? Yeah. Um so I do have a problem with that, and I do have a problem with the fact that a lot of those films that are struggling financially are 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 often ones that kind of <laughs> I I don't want to put them all in one basket but I don't have a lot of their stuff together and so there's sometimes the films that never end up seeing the light of day the actors don't even get the footage um mm. so you know it's it's up to everyone to decide and and make those calls and everyone starts somewhere so there's nothing wrong with with calling on favors um but um there are also indie films with massive budgets massive yes. you can have tens of millions of dollars and it's still an indie film um, and so many of them happen, you know, throughout Europe and, you know, throughout Asia and all of this as well. It's not even just the U S. Um, so, and they're hard to book cause a lot of actors want them. They want the ones that pay well and the great stories. Um, mm. so, you know, I've done some indie films where I felt taken advantage of for sure. And I've done some like, you know, Trees of Peace technically is an indie film, mm. Um, even though we're wrapped by UTA and we've got production companies behind us, we're technically an independent film. Um, so, you know, there's, there's there's such a huge spectrum and um, it's just all comes down to, you know, making the best call for yourself and what your agents and managers think and all of that for sure.
0: So there must be a little bit of self-representation then, like, you know, obviously – how do you like that's also an interesting thing that I don't often think about with agents like how do you know when something's beneficial for yourself versus through your agent
1: uh I don't really go out and find stuff for myself so much these days um it pretty much all comes through my management team and I normally trust their judgment in that if they're coming to me they'll they'll be pretty straight up either in like well we're not sure about this or um have a read let us know what you think or or it's just straight away mm. like this would be great and so i normally go off what they're saying and then of course i have the final call but i'm also at a stage in my career where i i want to be working and building those those blocks you know so um, I'm pretty open to, to most things, but that being said, there's certainly been some that my managers have sent through and I've read and I've been like, mm, there's gratuitous nudity, there's all of this stuff that is just yeah. like, no, and I'm I'm very comfortable in saying no to those things. I don't want to work that desperately, you know? No,
0: I, I like think that's also another side of the, the coin is, you know, people who do want to work in those films or people who do feel like they need to work in those films. Well, and this make- is
1: something I want everyone to know that like no is such a powerful word and you decide your worth, you decide what kind of performer and actor you want to be, you decide how you're going to get seen. So when you say yes to those things, like it's understandable that you want to work, you want that experience, but you're also sending out a message that this is the stuff that you will do. And it's really important to decide how you want to be seen in this industry because stuff is out there forever once it's out, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, that's also the thing, like, you know, you can have glamorous images of yourself or like, you know, because you talk about being, doing modeling, Because that's obviously impacted a little bit of like, you know, people going, you're a a model and an actor. Like, how does that, you know, how do you separate that, you know, from making sure people don't focus on it?
1: Well, that's the thing too. You know, I kind of, I I told myself that, you know, starting off in the modeling, I was going to share a bunch of those photos because I had in my head that I wanted to visually not be considered this innocent little girl anymore. I wanted to be considered as a woman. And I wanted to be considered for these woman roles. So I, I felt like it might help me. And in a way it did. But then I found it going down that road that we spoke about. And so that's when I, I really pulled on the reins and I was like, I don't want to be seen like this anymore. So, mm. um, you know, I've I've certainly I pulled back and just started doing like catalog shoots for, for dresses for wholesalers that no one will ever see. And stuff like that because I I didn't want to start to focus on modeling and then at 30 have to retire and realize I've done nothing with my acting, you know, and all of a sudden I'm in this box that is really hard to get out of and Mm. it's so so much mental gymnastics and, like, the the hardest thing about acting too is that, like, you have to make decisions all the time with no guarantee of their outcome. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've been like, oh, should I be in LA, should I be in Vancouver, should I do this job, should I not, should I wait for this one I'm on hold for – um, and say no to the one that's booked me. You know, like there's it's, there's so many decisions you have to make all the time, and it's so it, you can't put the pressure on yourself to always get it right. Of course, but you can decide what you're worth, and that's important.
0: Yeah, I mean, self worth and and you know all that, especially when you're starting out, is so hard mm-hmm. because um, you know you talk about like I don't know a single female actor who I'm friends with, who hasn't done modeling at some point to kick off and pay the bills. I feel like it's the go-to, which, you know, for male actors is less of a thing. Yeah. Um, Again, it goes back to that kind of like, you know, sex sells um, kind of thing. And and it's a shame because, you know, then it goes back to the whole thing of like, why can't you just be this, you know, actor who isn't represented by, sex appeal or you know like anything like that is because obviously with like trees of peace you know that was a film that you as you said completely stripped away all that yeah you know you you didn't you didn't have to think about this like looking glamorous because they were like lose weight and all this stuff um is that is that always like the trajectory moving forward as well to make sure you kind of have these these roles where you feel you know you're allowed to be different people and not necessarily this glamorous sort of sexy, you know, young woman in whatever clothing that the costume department try and squeeze you into. Yeah,
1: I think it's important to like kind of have your idea of, of how you want your career to go. And for me, it's always been versatility. I, I really don't want to find myself playing this similar character over and over again. I want to be challenged by different ones. Um, and so I'm kind of at this stage now where I'm really open to things if I haven't played them before. Um, you know, I did, I went from like trees of peace where I was, I was playing that role to all of a sudden playing, um, a scientist. And then I went to play a, a, you know, an ex cheerleader. And then I went to play these, a pregnant psychopath. And then I went to play a, a, a woman who ran a marketing firm. And so it's like, that, that's what I love. I'm kind of collecting all of those those different experiences per se. And um, I, I'm sure I'll find my groove, but, you know, if I had the choice, a- again, like it's the human stories that are why I'm doing this, and that's where I want to end up.
0: Can I just say my favourite is the woman psychopath, like uh, the pregnancy. I cannot wait
1: for the world to see this one. It is going to be so funny. It's not supposed to be a comedy, but I am going to be laughing my head off.
0: <laughs> I, I just – I love villains. Yes. And I love – I love crazy characters. Oh,
1: I went all in on this one.
0: <laughs> there, there is is like so. in also, then you know, one of the questions that people must ask you, or like you know, because everyone wants to be in superhero films now, mm-hmm. is that something you want to do eventually? is Get into superhero genre.
1: Um, I mean, look, I, I, if anyone that's listening, I would never say no, but, um, (laughs) it it is, it's, it's not again, like just because I'm, I'm so deep into uh, human, like real stories. It's just, it's not where my heart necessarily lies. Not that being said, Mm. I might discover that my heart is there if I start doing it. And there are some that I love, like God, if it was something like Deadpool, are you kidding me? That would be so fun. I even really love the boys and Mm. because they're focusing on the human aspects of superheroes? Yeah.
0: The boys is great.
1: Exactly, but if it's just kind of the crash bang stuff then it's not it's not so much where my heart lies. I'd have an absolute blast doing it, but it's not my passion, no.
0: Yeah. I mean like it, the interesting thing is like cuz I could see you playing so many different roles. Um you know, would you describe yourself a little bit as like, you know, the character actor where you want to play, you know, that kind of like you inhabit a character? It's so
1: funny because one of my very best friends for the first time um said that recently she introduced me she was like this is ella you know she's an actor she's she's a character actor and i was like what no one's ever kind of said that about me before and then i went no, no actually i i love that because it's it's true like I I get so much joy out of diving into a character and creating them from the ground up like I studied at Stella Adler right which is really all about that like you start at the shoes and you build them all all the way to the hat and um Mm. you know with like Trees of Peace was such an awesome opportunity for me because I I was playing someone who had struggled with addiction and and loss and all of this stuff so I was able to go to, to AA meetings and I was able to just uh, learned so much and dive straight into it that by the point in time we were on set, it just was so easy. It was so easy because all the work had been done, you know, and I, I love that stuff.
0: Yeah, it's funny because character actoring is kind of like a very bizarre, kind of like a method as well <laughs> yeah. that people don't, you know, th- that people don't think about. And, um, yeah, th- what how you described it is exactly like, yeah, diving in through these characters and breaking it all down
1: yeah because they're they're people and i understand that approach of like wanting to to kind of put yourself into the roles and there's certainly an element of that for sure but if we do that in every role then uh, you know we start to get a little predictable as performers and there's nothing wrong with that some of my favorite performers do that but Mm. for for me i really love the idea of being a little bit like of a francis mcdormand you know where every time you watch her she's just different and there's always a surprise, you know, and I love that.
0: I, I love that you love Frances oh, McDormand. love her I, I, to death. An amazing, amazing actor. Yeah. She is just- oh, And so understated,
1: uh, you know. She's just, oh, she's oh, no, so weird I, and I love it. <laughs> I,
0: I just, I think that's also the thing as, as like, and I say this to every, like everyone is sort of going into the industry as well, you know, it's better to be weird and have fun with it than to be, you know, like so-called normal. Like, were you the weird kid at school?
1: Oh my God. I was the worst. I was the worst kid. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I would wear Cause I went to a school where we didn't really have uniform and stuff. So I would be wearing like the fisherman pants and full hippie. And I'd be putting posters on people's lockers saying the product is you. And I'd be trying to sign people up for blood drives and, Oh, my gosh. I was friends with all the teachers. we go to philosophy meetings on the weekends. (laughs) I was just the worst.
0: So you sound like the ultimate nerd.
1: Well, I mean, yes, but no, because I'd also break all the rules, you know. So I was just this, like, kind of free-spirited, annoying thing that would float around and give you a hard time if you weren't being decent in my eyes, you know.
0: Wow. (laughs) Yeah. How did the school deal with you?
1: Oh, God knows.
0: I can't imagine a school without uniform. That, to me, is baffling. Well,
1: get this. So, like, from year 7 to 10, you had to wear earth colours. So, you could wear, like, brown for dirt, green for the leaves, yellow for wattle, grey for rocks. And then in year 11 and 12, you could wear whatever you want. So, it was a hippie school. And to be fair, they were nurturing my hippie side with that alone. So... (laughs)
0: Do you think that hippie side is still prevalent today? Do you still kind of like see it come out? Oh,
1: I mean, look, definitely in a, in a different way, though, because I was I was angry. I Like I, I went through my existential crisis is what I call it, because, you know, I started working with orphans really young and all of this. And I felt like my idea of this wonderful world was just shattered really early. Mm. And in a way, I'm grateful because now I'm in this place of, of calm and where I feel like I really see people and. Um, you know, I'm definitely still very laid back and that free spirit, like, oh yeah, no worries. Like when it happens, it happens kind of thing. And I still really try to hold people accountable, like in, in, a kinder way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely still there, but it's, it's settled for sure. <laughs> I'm a bit more fun to be around these days.
0: You you make it sound like your young self was just never fun. No,
1: I want, but that's the thing. I was a blast. Like at the party, I'd be on the table having a great time, you know, but I don't know. Look, I was confused. What can I say?
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you think now that you know, like you're older and you you you're just hitting the you've hit the three zero? Yeah. Do you feel like you've um. <laughs> You've sort of like figured it all out.
1: Oh my God, no. But that's that's <laughs> that's the beauty of it. I think like as you get older, instead of realizing that you like instead of feeling like you've learned everything, you start to realize how little you actually know. And there's so much freedom in mm. that. I, I just felt this pressure at 20, you know, and through my 20s to just get it right and know who I am and all of these things. And it's 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 like as I reach 30, you start to go, you know what? it's look, it's, it's all fine. It's going to work out the way it's going to work out. You're doing your best. It's all okay. You know, the pressure starts to lift a little bit. I feel there's still pressure as a woman with aging. I still feel that. Yeah. But in terms of like identity and, and knowing what you want and, and relationships too, you know, not um getting into situations where you can tell that it's not right for you at the very beginning, you know, when you're twenties, you just dive in anyway, but now it's like, Oh no, this actually isn't going to work for me. Yeah, and um, it's really empowering, you know. It's it's nice.
0: I think I think some you know people don't say that enough about relationships as well. Is like um, you know, something I often know. A lot of single people who are, you know, it's this is the thing when you're in your twenties, it's everyone's in relationships, mm-hmm. and the idea of being single at all is a terrifying thing to be in your twenties, and then when you sort of get to your late 20s early 30s you stop caring about that i think to a certain degree some people don't but i definitely noticed that when i got older that i was like you know what whatever happens if i meet the right person and they're a decent human being
1: absolutely look it's like now if all i end up with is plants and cats i'm fine <laughs>
0: <laughs> can i just say that is the most optimistic <laughs> i love every second of that yeah um, it's,
1: it's all okay you know i got Great friends. I've got plants that just they they survive off me watering them. That's beautiful. They depend on me. If I've got to get some cats, that's fine. But life's good, you know.
0: Are, are you going to start like you know people coming over to your house and like I'll be throwing the cats the- out the window, yeah, <laughs> <I>? <laughs> just yeeting them out, just going bye. That's my next um, character.
1: I'm diving into the crazy cat lady.
0: Oh, please do. That would just make my dream. Um but I mean, like, yeah, I I think that's all kind of like crazy, and you know that you sort of like managed to just you know because that's also a feat for someone at thirty, because you know I especially as a woman you know, you must still get this stuff when you were growing up during their 20s to people be like, oh, hey, you have to be this and you have to, you know, is acting the right choice? Is this the right choice? You must have had those questions all the time.
1: I can't tell you how many times and the, the interesting thing is like a lot of the time it actually came from other women. Like I'd have them saying to me, oh, well, you know, you want to be an actor then you need to find a rich husband. And it's like, you know, n- no, I, I actually don't. You know, I can I can figure this out and... um. It it is it is hard. Like you're constantly picking this career. I mean, I'm sure you've had it. Two people are always like, "Well, what's your backup plan?" And how are you going to look after yourself? And what are you going to do if you can't hold down a relationship? And mm. you know what? It's it's like you throw yourself in the deep end, and somehow you always figure out how to swim. And that's why it's just really important to back yourself and take that chance. Otherwise, you just spend your whole life wondering, "What if I? What if I did?"
0: Yeah, I mean, that's they, something that I often say to friends as well, and it's something that my you know, my brother and my parents said to me when I was about 22, when I turned 22 and I got my second ever job, like full-time job, and I'd worked in a theater for three years, and the same theater that my brother worked at, um, funnily enough, and that my mum was manager, like, uh, through the university of. So there was kind of like family connections there. But they both said to me, never thought you could hold down a, a job. And I was like, because I grew up with ADHD and epilepsy, they were very concerned mm. that I could focus on anything. And I love that idea of changing expectations, because to anyone you know listening, I produce stuff on such a hectic schedule, and I work full time, so... <laughs> <laughs> to anyone out there, it's just time management. It's it's something I say, you can almost achieve anything. Mm-hmm. It's about managing time. It's about reaching out to people. And it's about being open and honest. Because the one thing that drives me mental is people making, I don't want to say false promises, but being, you know, like, just not not delivering on what they believe they can. Uh, you know, it's just trying. Mm-hmm, it's trying mm-hmm. to be the best version of you as we go back to that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you can't blame people either for, you know, kind of that idea of like, well, you know, that'll be really hard and have a backup plan and all of that kind of stuff. And even the empty promises, you you can't blame them because it, it really it does take strength to go outside of, you know, the kind of norm and go, you know what, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this despite the risk. And mm. And it's it's so often that they're the people that when you do start having success, they come forward and end up being your biggest supporters. And I don't like to see that as being facetious. I like to see it as kind of showing them that it's actually possible. You know, you've 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 given someone something by turning their doubt into approval.
0: Yeah, I I a hundred percent agree with that. Do um, you like the most positive beacon of hope?
1: Oh, well, you I caught l- me on a good day.
0: <laughs> oh, really? No, I'm joking. <laughs> It's like all, it's all down here. It's all downhill, and I, I'm, I'm never like this again. <laughs> um, I mean, if you could give any last advice though to um anyone listening, what would be, what would be sort of like your kind of like um your cap off oh. as as we say to advice to anyone who works in this industry
1: just that life is short guys and you've only got one that we know of for sure not to sound dark it, it, it just means you know grab a hold of every minute you know you have you know love everyone in your life as hard as you can go for what you want do what makes you happy and you know what lessons come wrapped in the strangest of packages sometimes and sometimes it's rejection and failure and all of that but every no brings you closer to a yes so just keep stepping one foot in front of the other and live a life you're proud of
0: I love that I love everything about that <laughs> that is the best cap off oh thanks mate, uh, <laughs> mate that's <laughs> flawless <laughs> um but no thank you so much for joining me because was actually being I I've, I've loved everything that you said you Thank were you it was a great amazing... chat
1: this was such like a, a you know down to earth lovely authentic little banter I appreciate it
0: No I love that and that's and that's what the things we do is all about it's is like authenticness about our you know sh- funny little silly lives that yeah exactly like don't necessarily make sense to everyone and i think that's my favorite part is like my uh, you know my mum will always go i'll never understand what you do but i'm proud that you do it oh us.
1: that's beautiful <laughs> i love that
0: yeah she um i think i think one of the nicest times she ever came to my um my uh, workplace and she her and dad came uh, and they just looked around and said it's really technical I'm amazed you understand any of this stuff. And I was like, oh, this does this, this does this. And we're like, we don't understand any of that, but we're glad that you do because that shows that we're just really proud of you.
1: They just want you to be happy. That's beautiful. And I was
0: like, this is amazing. Like just positivity, um, you know, goes a long way.
1: Yeah, we're very lucky. You know, I've got a brilliant mother and brother too. We're very, very lucky.
0: Yeah. And and then they must like be, you know, you must be zooming them on a weekly basis.
1: Oh yeah, we chat for sure. We love our FaceTimes. I'd prefer to be there giving them a big hug, of course, but thank God we we live in a world where it's not just, you know, sending snail mail across the globe now. We can actually see each other. It's great.
0: Soon, soon you will be able to live and <laughs> I hope so. Oh, I hope so too for your sake. <laughs> um But no, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining. Um, If you want to go and check out more episodes, feel free to um, check them out on um, Apple and Spotify. Um, And I will be chatting with another guest next week and I will speak to you all later. (laughs) Bye-bye.